0: Opinions expressed herein are subject to change and not necessarily the opinion of the firm. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. The information presented herein is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide personal investment advice. It is important that you consider your tolerance for risk and investment goals when making investment decisions. Investing in securities does involve risk and the potential of losing money. The material does not constitute research, investment advice, or trade recommendations. And now introducing Mr. Keith Lanton.
1: Hi, good morning Hope everyone had a uh, restful weekend We get started this morning, June 7th As uh, summer uh, just around the corner here A couple more weeks official start of summer Uh, This morning there's a relative uh, calm in the financial markets The last few weeks we've seen uh, less volatility outside of the meme stocks And we've seen uh, kind of a assessment by the markets of uh of uh current situation and uh and uh searching for direction both uh both in the stock and bond markets on what the next phase uh uh of the year will look like. And we'll try and shed some light on that uh this morning and we'll talk a little bit about barons and then we'll turn things over to uh Brad Harris, talk some more about markets. So to get started this morning, uh Going to uh, share with you some insights. Uh, this is from uh, Massachusetts Financial Services, uh, sometimes better known as MFS. Uh, they have a commentary called "By the Numbers," and I'm going to share some of those uh, numbers with you this morning. Uh, give us some insights into the market and perhaps uh, some uh, food for thought in making uh, making decisions and judgments about uh, your portfolio and its uh, allocation. First, uh, first thing to think about is uh, the global investment universe of publicly traded assets. And what is the largest publicly traded asset in the world? It is not U.S. It is non-U.S. developed investment-grade bonds. So it's uh, it's bonds rated uh, triple B or better that are located outside the United States. It's a $42.5 trillion market, and that is the largest market in the world. The second largest market is U.S. equities, at uh, 38 trillion. And then uh, that's followed by U.S. investment grade bonds, which is 25 trillion. And uh, non U.S. developed market equities is next um, with uh, 20.5 trillion in, uh, in global market share. And uh, as you think about these international markets, uh, you'll see that uh, the U.S. Uh, percentage of global assets uh, has been declining. As the post-World War II era fades further into the rearview mirror and the U.S. uh, becomes less of the dominant force, although still certainly a significant force, but less of a dominant force in the world, Um, and that's partly reflected by the fact that our population of 300 million um, plus uh, is uh, is only 3 to 4 percent of the world's population, and as the world continues to develop, um, it's just natural that uh, despite the fact that we here in the U.S. punch uh, Beyond our weight, Uh, nevertheless, uh, the rest of the world has been making significant uh, headway in uh, becoming a larger and larger economic force. As we head into the summer, um, may think about, well, what do the the markets typically do during the summer? And if you look at the summer months of June, July, and August, uh, over the last 30 years, they are ranked 10th, 5th, and 11th, uh, respectively, in terms of S&P 500 performance. So here we are in June uh june uh, is uh typically the the tenth out of twelfth worst month uh July um, you know sort of towards the middle of the pact and then august uh, is uh is the second to worst month of the year over the last thirty years so um as we head into summer uh at least over the last thirty years, summer has not traditionally been uh economic uh powerhouse in terms of driving uh equity markets um if we do get a sell off thinking about being uh contrarian. The last seven times that the S&P 500 index has recorded a negative total reser- return there is uh, as a result of a trailing 12-month period. So if you had a trailing 12-month period, the last seven times that was negative. The index has bounced back each time with a positive gain of at least 15% over the next 12 months. And under these last seven occurrences, the one-year average return of all seven comebacks is 27.6%. Most recent example um, was the total return for the uh, S&P for the 12-month period ending March 31st, 2020, the height of the pandemic. And then we saw a bounce back over the next 12 months of 56%. Uh, percent. One other topic that's uh, been in the news, certainly gotten a lot of attention, is the U.S. deficit and our deficit uh, of uh, running deficit relative to GDP. And the highest deficit as a percentage of general gross domestic product in our nation's history was 29.6% in 1943. Um, that's uh, obviously in the middle of uh, World War II. The average ratio in that period was about 21% uh, of uh, debt to GDP. Um, when you take a look at uh, the first uh, seven months of the fiscal year of 2021, um, the U.S. Uh, debt to GDP right now stands at about 8.8% of our $22 trillion economy, uh, very high by uh, historic uh Peacetime time terms, um, but when looked at versus that uh, tremendous wartime effort, um, you can see it's uh, significantly lower than that period when you look on it on, an, uh, on a relative uh, basis. Let's talk about stimulus. Um, stimulus payments to individuals and in federal employment benefits made of 22% of the record-setting U.S. personal income total reported by the government uh, for March 21st. If you go back uh, a year ago to last year, and uh, you look at uh, the impact that uh, government uh, transfer payments had um, to personal income, it represented three percent versus the twenty-two percent you're seeing today. So clearly, the uh, stimulus is having a very meaningful effect on um, on on the economy right now. And we'll see what happens as that uh, as that wanes uh, going forward, and what impacts uh, that does have. When uh, when when interviewing uh americans under the age of 30 uh 70% of them believe that the distribution of wealth in the united states is unjust that's something that could have broad uh um, economic and political implications for those of you who uh you know are dabbling in the bond market perhaps in uh in high yield or uh, also known as junk bonds Um, In 2020, 43 companies defaulted on their debt, and on average, the recovery was 45 cents on the dollar through bankruptcy. We talked about birth rates and the effects that uh, population growth uh, has on uh, economic performance over uh, generations, and a couple of statistics uh, having to uh, do with the population. Um, China had 12 million births in 2020. That's more than three times the 3.6 million births that took place here in the United States. Uh, the United States last year recorded 3.6 million births. That is the sixth consecutive year the total has declined, and the smallest number uh, recorded nationally since 1979. I'm talking about uh, talking about uh, population and uh, population centers. Uh, We've heard a lot about uh, people moving out of uh, high-tax states into lower-tax states. Um, Some recent anecdotal evidence suggests that that trend uh, has not happened to the extent uh, that was anticipated. And if you look at the census between 2010 and 2020, there were just three states that had population declines. Uh, Those states were West Virginia, Mississippi, and Illinois. And on a lighter note, on how things change and how they change very quickly and uh when you uh take a look at the NFL uh, which recently signed sponsorship agreements with three gambling companies that was as recently as uh, April of this year uh to operate retail and online gambling in those states and permit betting um Ironically, the NFL sued the state of New Jersey in 2012, just nine years ago, to stop legal sports wagering on pro football in its state. So nine years, 180-degree uh, complete U-turn um, in uh, in terms of um, the thought process with respect to uh, professional sports wagering. And finally, uh, a note from the uh, golf world, um, Phil Mickelson recently uh, won the uh, PGA Championship. Um, he's the uh, first uh, winner over 50, so giving inspiration to uh, those of us who are older. And uh, there was only one better who waged $1,000 on Phil Mickelson to win um, in Vegas, and the odds were 300 to 1. Um, and uh, he bet $1,000 and won $300,000. So someone uh, taking a shot on the, uh, on the old man in uh, the PGA Championship. Taking a look at this morning, uh, right now we're, we're, we're getting what uh, some might say is a uh, typical quiet uh, summer uh, start to the week. Uh, we've seen this over the last few weeks. Um, now, when I say typical, lots of times uh, summer is not typical. Um, so uh, at the moment, we are uh, in a relative uh, lull, again, outside of those meme stocks. Um This morning, equity futures a little change. Uh, S&P futures hover uh, about a point over fair value. Uh, the quiet start follows an equally quiet overnight session that saw range-bound action in Asia, followed by modest gains during the first half of the European session. China reported a small-than-expected trade surplus for May, headlining the overnight batch of economic data. Uh, domestic data will be limited to the uh, 3 o'clock Eastern time release of consumer credit for April. Um, in uh, in significant uh, news over the weekend, uh, it's being reported that the G7 finance ministers have agreed to support a 15% global minimum tax, which is in line with expectations. Um, the uh, CNBC is reporting that President Biden has rejected a Republican counteroffer on infrastructure but agreed to continue talks today. Um, House Transportation Infrastructure Committee will have a committee vote on a five hundred and forty seven billion surface transportation bill on Wednesday. New York Times reporting today that uh, this uh, is uh, certainly significant. Uh, the uh, moderate uh, Democrat who has uh, kind of the swing vote in the, in the Senate says he will vote against House voting rights bill and against any measure to weaken or eliminate the filibuster. Janet Yellen was speaking over the weekend, and she said that President Biden should push for $4 in spending, even if it results in higher inflation and higher interest rates, she said, would be a quote-unquote plus for the United States. Um, New York Times talking about the uh, minimum uh, global tax at 15%, and uh, the situation in Congress uh, is uncertain. Um, That will have to pass the U.S. Congress in order for it to become a deal, and many of our allies are awaiting uh, further indication on whether or not uh, this is a go here in the U.S. before they politically start uh, pushing it um, within their independent countries. New York Times uh, also reporting this morning that uh, the Senate is expected to pass a $247 billion bill to counter China. Which includes investments in research and development and support for the semiconductor industry. A federal judge overturned a California ban on assault weapons. Uh, that's from the New York Times. Um, Mac rumors is saying that Apple is expected to release new MacBooks and a mobile operating system at the Worldwide Developers Conference today at one o'clock uh, Eastern Time. Elon Musk uh, tweeting that uh, Plaid Plus, which is a uh, a, uh, the would be, would have been the uh, top of the line model S, which would have exceeded the, the current top of the line plaid. Um, we'll not go into production saying that the current plaid is just uh, too good. Couple of downgrades this morning. Uh, Keith Brayett Woods uh, downgrading uh, AGNC Investment and Analy Capital symbol NLY to uh, market perform from outperform. And in uh, corporate news, uh, we see a uh, takeover in the material space where there has uh, been a significant shortage of material supplies. Anyone who's doing construction on their homes or uh, talking to business owners who uh, are in the uh, business of, uh, of uh, building out projects, uh, all expressing uh, difficulty getting uh, labor and supplies. And this morning we see uh, Vulcan Materials purchasing uh, U.S. concrete, symbol U.S.C.R., For $74 a share in cash, about $1.29 billion deal, it's a 30% premium um, over the closing price at uh, U.S. Concrete. Um, Amazon in the news, the CEO Jeff Bezos announcing that he and his brother Mark will join an auction winner aboard the first human space flight by Bezos' Blue Origin on July 20th. Uh, G3 Apparel, the Apparel Maker reported earnings of $0.53 cents a share uh, compared to a $0.15 cent a share estimate. They also uh, gave uh, upbeat uh, full-year outlook as well as noting growth in sales in sportswear and wear-to-work attire stocks up about 6% this morning. Blackstone and Carlisle, two private equity firms, uh, agreeing to buy medical supply company Medline Industries for $34 billion, including debt. That is the largest leverage buyout deal since 2008. Separately, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Blackstone will announce a deal to buy data center operator QTS Realty for $6.7 billion. Uh, that stock's up about 20% this morning, um, on those news. Meme stocks remaining in the spotlight after wild swings, uh, last week. Um, in the electric vehicle um, news, uh, Lordstown Motors, symbol Ride, received a delinquency notice from NASDAQ due to a late filing of its uh, quarterly report. Um, Visa this morning upgraded to overweight from neutral at Piper Jaffrey. And uh, Peloton, the fitness maker, was rated buy a new coverage at Loop Capital, uh, suggesting that the uh, weakness in the stock is a result of some of the uh, difficulties with the uh, Tread Plus treadmill. Um could be, uh could be overdone, and uh, the stock could be due for a rebound. Uh, what else do we have going on this week? Um, today, we have uh, Merck and Regeneron discussing their cancer drug pipelines at the American Society of Clinical Oncology. Um, later in the week, uh, on Thursday, the European Central Bank is announcing its monetary policy decision, widely expected to keep short-term rates at negative one-half of 1%. But it might scale back its 1.85 trillion euro pandemic emergency purchasing program. And then on Thursday also we'll be getting the anticipated uh, consumer price index uh, for May. Um, that's going to be closely watched uh, given uh, concerns about inflation and rising prices. Uh, the core CPI is expected to gain 3.4%. Um, that's compared with 3% in April um and uh markets uh are increasingly uh focused, so this number, which uh was not a big number, let's say six months ago, is uh one of those that uh all eyes uh will be on. Um over the weekend President Biden is gonna attend the G seven summit which runs from june eleventh to june thirteenth in Cornwall, England. Barons, um, talking about uh the markets and uh Reiterating that uh, last week, relatively quiet week, uh, the Dow rose about seven-tenths of 1%. The S&P was up about six-tenths of 1%, and the NASDAQ up five-tenths of 1%. The S&P has gone almost nowhere since the middle of April. Uh, this past Wednesday, the realized five-day volatility of the S&P 500 um, was down to 1.4%. That doesn't happen all too often uh, realized volatility has fallen below 3%. Now it's at 1.4%, just 14 times since the start of 2018. And when it does, forward returns have suffered. Six months later, the S&P has been lower more than two-thirds of the time, with an average loss of three-tenths of 1%. Uh, because the stock market has gone nowhere, it has gotten cheaper. The S&P 500 closed uh, the week, trading at 21.3 times forward earnings. Uh, down from 22.68 um, a little over five weeks ago. The chief concern in the stock market is in earnings, which are surging, but that an overheated economy will prompt the Federal Reserve to rein in its bond-buying program and lift sh- short-term interest rates. The May Employment Report, le- released on Friday, offered some reassurances as non-farm payrolls rose 559,000, um, a strong number but below the consensus estimate of 650,000 jobs. Um, interestingly, on the heels of that, the yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury declined uh, 7 basis points to 1.56, putting it in the bottom half of its three-month ri- range as investors put aside worries that the Fed would taper its bond buying in the coming months. The willingness of the Treasury market to accept ultra-low yields remains a major source of support for the stock market. Um, Jim Bianco, the head of Bianco Research, uh, wonders how long it will last you have negative real yields with rising and high inflation um the, that's uh the recent CPI as we mentioned uh, highlighting uh the inflation that uh is out there and speaking to uh people who uh, are in uh, the uh, business of uh, bidding on contracts and uh, and and doing large projects uh, they have told me that uh, they are building inflation expectations into their contracts they're no longer accepting uh, projects that don't have uh, riders in them that account for uh, rising material prices. So you start getting these inflation expectations built into contracts, and you start, uh, therefore, seeing inflation become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Even if inflation moderates, which the Fed is expecting, it is still expected to run at almost 2.5% over the next five years, resulting in a negative inflation-adjusted return on treasuries. Now, the Treasury market has generated negative returns this year, but the municipal bond market is in the black. Um, Bank of America just recently uh, wrote a uh, a piece on the municipal market saying, muni summer, tons of cash, scarce bonds. Um, there's lots of uh, bonds uh, being redeemed over the next uh, few months. And as a result, muni bond yields have rarely been lower, um, and they have rarely been this expensive relative to Treasuries. I'm sure Brad could shed more light on this when he speaks, uh, but the benchmark 10-year muni yields uh, are yielding about 1%, um, which is about 60% of the 10-year treasury. Uh, that relationship is at 75% at the end of last year. Typically, it's about 80%, and we've seen many times when that ratio has gone up to 100%, and here we are at 60%. So you can see the uh, strong demand uh, for munis uh, when you look at it relative uh, to treasury yields couple of stories in Barrons. Barrons kind of thin um and uh and uh not a lot of uh not a lot of meat but uh share with you uh what i thought were the uh two most interesting articles uh the cover story uh talked about the uh, las vegas and the post-pandemic era um article uh says that analysts are recommending uh gaming stocks as reopening plays and uh, las vegas is coming back to life uh article highlights that uh uh individuals uh, going on vacation um, that the occupancy rate in weekends in Vegas is up to all, over 85% um down from its peak of about 95% uh, but uh, vacationers uh, are certainly uh making their way back to Las Vegas and Las Vegas uh is uh, is opening up in a big way uh the big uh, wild card which many analysts expect to uh, come in uh, come in uh, you know all aces uh but the big wild card is uh, whether or not conventions and businesses uh, will return to uh, their former uh, their former days of being in las Vegas uh, midweek where uh, where occupancy rates are still down significantly, and uh, analysts expect the city to get closer to normalcy and for those uh, business customers uh, to start um, returning and uh, and therefore uh, the general expectation of analysts is uh, is that Vegas will be Vegas again, and uh, the companies that are doing business there uh, will reap the benefits of the full uh, reopening of the Vegas economy. Barron's also spoke about a uh, pandemic story, and this one working in the uh, reverse direction, and uh, they talked about Zoom, who uh, was a tremendous beneficiary of uh, the pandemic as, uh, as people stayed home, didn't go to Vegas. Uh, and did business uh, on their uh, computers. Um, and uh, now that things are getting better and hopefully will stay better, uh, Zoom has to uh, come up with a second act. And Barron's, uh, in this article, taking a very cautious uh, outlook uh, on Zoom. Um, recently, uh, Zoom came out with earnings, uh, and they had very strong earnings. But the growth that they're forecasting uh, is uh, a company that is uh, expected to look a lot more... Uh, let's call it uh, normal, in the uh, software space. So after growing 600%, um, Wall Street's looking for uh, 50% growth uh, in 2022 and 17% growth in 2023. Uh, on the call, the chief financial officer of Zoom said she expects a shift to growth more consistent with companies at their scale. Um, for investors, uh, this creates a dilemma how do you value Zoom when it looks more like a, a typical growth company and not a supercharged uh, growth machine? Um, and Barron's uh, expressing uh, concern about the current P.E. ratio, which stands at 73 um, for a company that uh, is expecting to uh, see growth uh, slow down significantly. Um, they compare it to uh, one of its competitors, Ring Central. Um, symbol RNG. RingCentral is a former partner that's now a rival um, in both video conferencing and web-based phone services. Uh, RingCentral is expected to grow sales uh, 24% over the next year faster than Zoom, yet RingCentral is twel- selling for 12 times sales and Zoom is trading at north of uh, 20 times sales. Um, so uh, Barron's expressing uh, concern with the former uh, darling, that uh, perhaps uh, there's still too much uh, positive uh, expectations built in and that uh, Zoom may have some more downside uh, to go. Good morning, Brad.
0: Good morning, Keith. How are you? Uh, just, uh, I hate to be repetitive, but uh, just a couple of comments. For the last few weeks, uh, I've been saying that the 10-year uh, and and the move that everyone's expecting to higher rates may have already happened uh, read a couple of articles this weekend that uh, discussed that uh the 10-year hit a high of 1 and 3 quarter percent about 3 to 4 weeks ago uh coming from a low of 0.5% uh the 10-year's rallied back to below 1.6%. The consensus is still that rates are going to go higher, but my belief is that so much wealth has been created and so many portfolios uh have been put out of balance here. That every uptick in rates is going to be bought. I believe that the Fed's first move, uh, will be to suspend their bond purchases rather than start, uh, raising short-term rates. And I also believe that, uh, the Fed is going to do this when they know there are buyers out there. They really don't want to disrupt, uh, the market. There's still, so even though everything is rosy, there's still a lot of skittishness out there about so many different things, uh, with, with uh, the disease, with the virus, with, with, uh, with politics and everything else, uh, so they want to be very careful how they handle this. Uh, so don't expect that if you wait an, another few months to buy bonds, uh, you may do significantly better. Maybe you'll get 25 or 50 base points more, but certainly not, uh, 100, 200 base points like some people are expecting may happen. Uh, communities have been firm, uh, Keith mentioned it before. There's very light supply, many bonds are being called, and tax are going higher, which adds to the demand and the value of munis. Uh, yes, definitely uh, the most expensive I've seen munis ever, but that is only talking about uh, institutional type of bonds. The bonds that we're looking at, basically, are more uh, geared towards retail. Uh, we're looking at callable bonds, we're looking for... Uh, the best athlete in the draft, so to speak, so we really keep our inventory uh, to something that makes sense, not just a straight 10-year non-callable bond that's trading at 60% of, of treasuries. So that's why sometimes uh, I'll talk about the 3% bonds at a premium with a call or even the 4% bonds at a premium with a call because in those instances, the percentages of treasuries are 100% or better. Of, of, uh, of treasuries uh, uh, additionally please uh, feel, please call me with any questions, ideas or thoughts you may have I always enjoy as well as learn from my conversations with so many of you so uh, I, so please uh, stay in touch uh, even during the quiet summer and I hope everyone has a great week
1: that's everything I've got thank you for listening to Mr. Keith lanton This podcast is available on most platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Pandora. For more information, please visit our website at www.heraldlantern.com.